Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. It is great to have you here with me today, and I want to share with you some information that's very pertinent. The 40 Days of Deliverance program will run in July, and the deadline for registration is July 1st. Second, please pick up a copy of my book, Freedom to Ascend. I tell you what, the more that I have feedback from people on this book, it has really resonated in how they truly can live a better life from the stories that I have told through my own personal experience. And lastly, if you have land and you were willing to donate this land for a ministry that God has given to me, it is to help people who are suffering and going through tough times, but also to bring fellowship together with families and friends and just have an opportunity to be in nature where God resides in the purest state. So if you have land, please um, donate through contacting me on my email, which I'll have in the show notes of each episode. So lastly, before the show begins, again, just a huge thank you to everybody who continues to follow the show. And I promise that I'm working hard each and every day to make sure that I'm getting better, to have better results, interviews, and performances for you so that you're growing in this experience of the classroom. I love you guys. Be good. We'll see you soon. Hey, welcome to the John Gardena classroom, everybody. I have a long lost cousin from Ireland on named Gavin Hannon, where we met on a strawberry farm in South Carolina on March 31st, where we embarked on our bodies, taking the, the road to the 100 mile race and Gavin to, I believe, 55 miles plus somewhere in there. What was it? Was that right, Gavin? It's around 58. If 58. We're oh, we're counting. <laughs> so that's yes. one extra lap, brother. That's another 5K. Every, every mile, <clears throat> every mile counts. Yeah. So I want everyone to, just to know um, Gavin is a wonderful inter- individual who we have met through social media, uh, Instagram. Uh, a linking individual, uh, I would say, is Mike Bellini, a good friend of mine, a great friend of Gavin's as well. Uh, he was there as well at the Country Mile race. And Gavin is an individual who has just, you love his personality. He's hes a high character individual. Um, he'll tell us a story about him and his wife, we'll, we'll get to, um, and just how you have to go through life being resilient. And, and knowing that you have an opportunity to change the course of your life, but also others as well. So Gavin, welcome to the John Gardena Classroom, brother. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. It's, uh, it's been a while, uh, my long lost cousin, but I'm, I'm glad to connect with you. <laughs> so just so everyone knows, my mom's maiden name is Hannon. It's spelled exactly the same. And we were talking while we were at the race and we both believe because my grandpa, the Irishman, God rest his soul, that, that he was, and his family lineage, they all root back to Ireland. So we know we come from the same island, that's for sure. And I believe the same bloodline. So we're just going to go with it, everybody. Sound good? Roger that. Absolutely. So Gavin, <laughs> we, we meet on this strawberry farm in South Carolina. We, we kind of knew each other through social media. And just let's walk through uh, your, let's say, what you experienced when you were there. And maybe what, maybe I'll ask me more specific, like, what was your goal? 
why you were there and tell me the experience you had with everyone who was there as well. The floor is yours, brother. Yeah, thank you. Great question. Um, so this was my first ultra race, right? So my law, my running career really started in 2021 towards the end of 2021. Um, and I'll get into kind of what, what prompted my running or at least my passion for running. But so this was my first race more than 26.2 miles. So a lot of nerves. Um, but I also knew just from being around the kind of the ultra circle or like the ultra running circles that everything that I've heard up until this point is the people that are at these races are some of the most, you know, inspiring, supportive, encouraging, just like awesome people. So I, I knew I was going to be good. And I knew that the group that I was running with were just without meeting everyone. I knew John or excuse me, I knew Mike Bellini and like, I, I knew John and I had met through social media. Um, so I, I knew I was in a, a, a group of awesome, awesome guys. Um, but leading up to it, you know, I was really, you know, you during the training, something that you, you know, all these thoughts going through your mind because you've never run this far. Right. So obviously there's doubt, there's self doubt. There's, there's kind of that inner critic that kind of flares up of, you know, why are you doing this? You know, and, and just trying to like really quiet that voice. Um, but so leading up to it, I was really excited. I was, you know, I have been on this journey to push myself to really more so more than push myself to find, find out more about myself and running has been such a powerful tool and vehicle for that. And, you know, I can go on and on about the lessons and just, you know, running it as a whole, um, shout out for the national global running day, which was yesterday mm -hmm. to all the runners out there. But, um, when I got to the campsite, I actually see John and keep in mind, I've never really, I've never talked to John. You know, we've, we've exchanged messages on, on Instagram, but I see him, you know, setting up camp with a bunch of, um, you know, friends and, you know, I drive past him. I actually see him in my rear view and I, you know, I'm like, oh, like I, that's a familiar face. I stopped the car and I, I kind of flag him down and, you know, that, so I then, you know, approach John and, and we kind of just kick it off from there. And it's so, it, it's so funny because when, when you surround people, when you surround yourself with people that are like-hearted like I, I i came into this term that i heard someone say you know everyone says you want to be around like-minded individuals and then there's a school of thought where you in order to grow you want to be you know you want to challenge your views but I, i'm a big believer of like-hearted people you know similar heart hearted people and so it really felt like i had been cousins with john and i hadn't seen him in forever <laughs> so it was very warm and just a, a, a great exchange. So we set up camp and I know John and um, another another gentleman, Danny, are, are gonna be 
you know, running there, they're going to start off their hundred mile run. And, um, but, you know, I can get into the kind of the running aspect of it, but really the, the first part was this beautiful, almost like ceremonial, uh, you know, energy that we all knew we were going to, we were about to put ourselves through just this mental, spiritual, emotional battle. Right. And, you know, more people start kind of coming into the group, you know, a couple of people kind of file in 30 minutes after me. And from there it was just, you know, setting everything up. Right. But then it was just, all right, like we're here, you know, and, and it was just this kind of beautiful ceremonial, uh, kickoff, you know, to this epic weekend. Um, and, you know, so that's really right. When I got there, I was like, all right, you know what? Like, I feel good. The nerves kind of dissipated. Um, I'm ready to go. I feel energized. You know, I still had to go to sleep that night, you know, (laughs) after setting everything up, like a lot of other people are had like started running at 6 PM that day. And I wanted to actually like, just, just start, you know, but yeah. So that's kind of like how, like, it was just a beautiful moment when we all came together right before the kickoff. And you know what? That doesn't happen very often. And I've been in multiple races now. I've never had a pre-run experience like that where, you know, we, we did some speeches, Tim and I, we, we kind of congregated, prayed over each other. And it was really, it was a really great bond before starting a race. And it was different. It was really special. And I really was so appreciative of everyone who was there. And like we, we said, even in my speech, like I remember like, like Kevin, first time I met you, Daniel Galasso, first time I met him. And, and it was really nice to see these guys come together in this foreign territory land of a race. And we just, we literally pushed each other to be better the whole weekend. And I think one of the things that I really truly appreciate more and more is that I, I thirst literally for those experiences where you go through the trials of the body and, and the mind and the spirit. Um, but who you go to battle with when that happens really means a lot. So shout out to Gavin for being a warrior. Not only was he a great runner during the race, but he was such a great supportive um, person for Mike Bellini when he was doing his, his darkness run, as I call it, the isolated <laughs> runner. Uh, on Saturday night. Um, and it was really, really great to see his character come out and he was broken. Like Gavin was broken. It was cold out that night. Um, he, I remember going in the car, getting warmed up and, and he was, he was a fighter and he fought not for himself, but he fought out of his selfless nature to push Mike through the night. So kudos to you. So talk about the race for you. And then we'll, we'll, we'll keep going a little bit deeper into this conversation, but being your first ultra, was it what you expected or something different? It was, it was what I expected with the caveat of the weather. You know, it was a reminder to me that everything that you think that like, anytime you think you have a plan, it, you know, the reality sets in. Right. And it was, you know, it started off the run started off with two hours of torrential downpour. Right. So Mm -hmm. right off the bat, we're just tested. Right. So it was this beautiful, it was, it was a moment where, 
it was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, this is, we're going to really get tested and we might as well get tested from the beginning. And, and, um, so, you know, the weather was definitely nothing like I had ever anticipated. Um, I probably should have looked at the weather channel before just so I could have some type of, uh, idea what was coming, but I don't think anything, anyone knew what was coming with the weather between the rain and the the 30 mile per hour wind gusts and the mud. Um, (laughs) So the one thing, one big thing I learned leading up to the race was the food that you train with, you want to be consistent with during throughout the race. And I actually trained with gels, uh, a lot of goose, a lot of gels, um, bananas. But so my first gel that I ate during the race, it was about mile four. Um, and it didn't sit well. And so I, it, I just had this feeling of, Oh boy, it's going to be a long day because I knew that that was something that I, I was consistently just fine with through the training. And so that was a big learning lesson because I then deviated from the gels. I, I kind of ate, you know, nuts and, and, uh, different types of fruit and uh, peanut butter and jelly, avocados, which are all, you know, I've heard are, are can be great for endurance running. But if your body's not used to it while, you know, you're 20 miles in, then you have a problem. And so I I just kind of each each loop was, uh, you know, it wasn't the best feeling with, with my stomach going through each each loop, 5K loop. So. That was certainly something that I just got used to throughout the run. Um, so, you know, between that and the weather, um, I was like, all right, like this is going to be a test for me. Um, and it being my, my first ultra, I didn't have experience to glean on to, you know, say, all right, like, you know, last time I did this or, or, um, didn't have the perspective, um, that I now have. Right. So, but what made while that seemingly could have been you know positioned as a negative there were so many other positives that just lifted me up through the race that you know the people i just kept coming back to when i kept reflecting on the the whole weekend and the run was you know really your tribe is dictates how far you go in life mm-hmm. you know the people that you surround yourself with and you know the the really the core of that, of who they are and, and it can make or break, you know, your, uh, how far you go. And I had a really supportive group. I had a group that was uplifting, you know, we were joking. We were just, we had a lot of fun throughout the whole, the whole day. And I know now looking back on it, the people that I was with, including yourself, John, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten to mile 58 hadn't been for, for the people in, in our group. So it was a powerful reminder that the people are people in your life are so important. Yeah. I think Gavin, I can't express the double down on that statement because it's who you go through life with that matters most. And I've learned that my family's always my rock. But then I have these these pillars that help hold up that rock too in my life. And those are people like you. Those are friends who I've recently met 
And those are people who I've been to battle with. And it sounds crazy that you would even say that about ultra running, but you learn so much more about an individual when you go through an endurance race like that, than just maybe at work, you may work with someone for 10 to 20 years and you could have more of a relationship mm -hmm. with someone after one weekend of seeing them and their highs and their lows and, and the pains and the, and the, just the gains, uh, and that even Evan flow of how an ultra race goes. And, you know, I think that's what I would just resonate to everyone who's listening is like, who's your tribe? Like, who are you with? Like who is helping you out? If they're not making you better, you need to just maybe move on to a new tribe and it doesn't have to be ultra running, but it has to be people who are there to be supportive, to help boost your confidence and who are going to definitely maybe hold you accountable as well to the lessons of life, which are to make you a better person. So Gavin, I really appreciate those comments and everyone. I agree hundred percent that every person that was there, it was definitely a supportive individual who made all of us accomplish more than we, we could have thought. So tell me about the, the end of the race for you and how that went down. And then just kind of conclude with like your overall experience and, and and what you want to do at your race before I want to move into your family. Yeah. So the end of the race, it was, um, you know, it was a powerful couple of really the last two hours, I would say, because we had someone in the group, Tim, who was hurting really bad. And, you know, Tim was the person that really brought the whole group together. I, I was kind of an outsider. I was invited through Mike to join the group, but I didn't really ha have a grasp on his kind of master plan. You know, it was his, I think it was his 50th birthday. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, to put, put it th everything in context, we had been running for about 15, 15 hours now at this point. And, you know, John and Danny have been running, you know, for 90 miles. They've been running for, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the total, you know, hour count was at that point, but it was, you know, probably twice double of what we were doing. Um, but so, you know, really the last two hours, it was, that's where people you could tell were going through this internal battle and inter internal, like they were at, they were almost at like internal war with themselves because there was less talking on the trail <laughs> and it was pitch dark. You saw headlamps. Um, and just to put it for context of the, the amount of pain that I like that you just, I didn't even know, but like the slightest of head nods and like, you think of a headlamp of being maybe what a couple pounds, not, not even a couple pounds, not maybe mm -hmm. a pound, but like it was positioned on my head and I didn't train with a headlamp, which is not another lesson, but like mm. the, the, the whole motion of your head mm. being down a little bit after doing that for a couple of hours, you know, for me, it put a strain on my lower back. And thankfully I was able to diagnose that pretty quickly. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to kind of, you know, hold it. But so it like, just, it's interesting to look back because the slightest of angles, um, but like toward, as we go towards the end of the race, we're, you know, it's approaching probably midnight. And, you know, our, our, our friend, Tim is, is really struggling. He has his, you know, he has his poles that he's, he's trekking, trekking along. And 
you know, really any impression that he's leaving on the ground is he's making a ooh or ah. Like, you could tell he's in a, a lot of pain. And it was very inspiring to see him really gut it out. You know, he he was he was beaten. You know, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen someone kind of like go through that, you know, with my my two eyes like live. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've seen videos, but like he, he really gutted it out towards the end. And it was a it was a very powerful conclusion. Um because Tim turned 50 and he, he wanted to do, I guess, 51, 51 yeah. miles or 51.5 miles. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, so we all kind of got together. We were all at different mileages. We've all done different PRs, our own personal PRs. You know, mine was, you know, no more than uh, one marathon. We had a 19 year old and Colin who hadn't run more than what, 10 or 10 15 miles. miles, 10 miles. Yep. 10 miles, which is crazy. Your, your PR was 44 miles, um, previously. And, you know, I believe Bellini was about 60 miles or something. So we all had our different journeys mm -hmm. and it's just like the end of it was like this kind of culmination of us all running in silence. You know, you could hear kind of banter back and forth, but it was, it was just like this serene feeling. And it, it was just like, we're almost there. Like, it's like, we're, we're like almost finished with this monumental goal. And we each in individually had different goals, but like, I'd say collectively, it was so much more powerful us all doing it together. Um, you know, so the midnight passes and, and we decide, you know, or much, the, the plan is that Tim wants to us all finish together and, you know, for him, really, it was to for him to get to fifty one point five yeah. miles. Yeah, right, or fifty yeah. miles. And yeah, it was so fifty one. That that happened. Yeah, Gavin, real quick. So, like, I, I knew I've known Tim for a couple of years now, and the fifty one fifty comes from a, a, a it's a California police call for like uh, like a mental someone who, who went mental or loco basically. And I think there's a song by like the <laughs> Beastie boys or something that Tim's like, you know what? I don't want to yeah. go 50 miles. I want to go 51 50. So being <laughs> there and I want to really, this is very important for everyone to understand. I know you weren't there, whoever, everyone listening for the most part, but what happened was you, we went out to the very almost edge of the course before you like come around and you know, I clocked it on my watch to, to walk, to, you know, to come back. And that journey from like that point back to where it would be 5150, he was in so much pain and it was his back. His back was just like, it was blown up. He, he had real bad back issues that from the almost beginning of, of the race, 10 miles in or so he was getting worked on by your brother. Is that right? Who was there helping yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. So like, like Tim was, Tim was a warrior and, and he's a savage and he brought the whole group together. And like you said, I want to really dive down on what you said in regards to everyone's personal best was that every single individual, because of the whole group, performed at such a higher rate. And that's why it's so important to those people who are around you to support you, but not only support you, but to push you in a direction that you never thought possible. So yeah, Gavin, I mean, 
I know you're going to talk about Bellini's night journey. So go ahead, talk about that. Yeah, so that was a, that was a pretty cool moment that I got to experience with Mike. So Mike, leading up to the race, he called me and he, you know, he, I, I we're both uh, we both follow each other on Strava, Strava, which is the run a running app, and I see Mike logging these like 70, 80 mile weeks, and here I am over here, you know, logging about forty. Um, and, and like, I'm not comparing myself to him. I'm just like, I'm like, man, he's like, he's really putting in the work. And so he calls me and he's just like, you know, I think I'm going to go for a hundred. And so that was his, his kind of goal. Um, you know, we ran into some unforeseen issues with just kind of timing and, um, just with the weather really slowed everything down. Um, but so we get through the second night. And it's, you know, Danny is, is re really feeling bad, you know, really feeling rough. He's probably at miles, you know, 60 at, or no, sorry. This was, he was probably at, at 90. Yeah. He was right around he was towards 80, the end. Yeah. Like 89. I think it was something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and Mike, Mike just said, you know what? Like I'm going to run through the night. And at this point it's pitch black and, you know, there's some, there are a few people, which is really cool about like this type of setting. We're on a 300 acre farm. It's a strawberry farm. And, you know, you just see these headlamps that are probably half a mile away, three quarters of a mile away, just like off in the distance. And it's just like this serene, peaceful, you just hear their foot, you know, their foot, you know, just like hitting the ground. But so Mike wanted to run through the night. And that he did. At that point, I was right when I finished it, like my body just went into like a really just big convulsive, just like shaking. Like I just like got really uncontrollably cold. Mm -hmm. And I decide I was like, all right, well, Mike, like this would be I, I said to myself, this would be a really cool experience to shit like share and have this moment with staying up and supporting mike through and like crew him through this through the night yeah. and so that's you know kind of what we did so you know everyone was is out sleeping and mike would come in so it was a 3.2 mile loop and so i timed it you know on my on my phone because he came in you know around 35 40 miles or excuse me 35 to 40 minutes each loop and mm -hmm. so I would, you know, I would go into my car, warm up, and then I might the timer, I would, you know, do the alarm maybe five minutes before I would go out and, you know, try to get some stuff that I know that he's usually going to like try to, to eat or drink. Um, and then I'd kind of, you know, see him come through and it was, um, you know, so we did that for four or five hours, you know, he, he logged an additional, I think. I believe um, an additional marathon yeah. Um, that he logged through the night. And what was the really, a really cool moment was after the fact, after we'd done, everyone finished, we are completed with the run, the race, and we're about to leave for the weekend, you know, to, to all go home. And he was like, you know, you really helped me get through that night. And it was a, it was a cool, just, it was a cool moment that we shared together because, um, you know, I, I could tell he was really like, 
it was important for him to keep going and seeing like, and that was another like reminder for me just what I witnessed similar to Tim of like, you know, he here, here Mike is running by himself, you know, no music, no one around him, you know, his headlamp is only, you know, showing two feet in front of him. Um, and you know, he even said there were a lot of lonely miles through that, but you know, knowing that there was someone back at the campsite, it got him through it. And I didn't do it for like the accolades or, or like the, you know, the attaboy. I did it because it, it really, I wanted to support him through that. And it was a really cool and powerful, I think, just like moment for, for each of us. Um, so it was, it was, it was a powerful, powerful, you know, just couple of hours. Well, I think from my perspective is that you basically were like this, this selfless soldier who pushed, pushed your, your comrade through. And it was such a beautiful act of just kindness, beautiful act of just, of just your character, man. Like Gavin, what you did, not too many people would do. They would, after running, double the amount that they've ever ran in their entire life. <laughs> and then your body literally is breaking down because it wants to rest and you're just yeah. out of it. You told yourself, I'm honoring my guy to make sure that he goes to where he wants to go. And that's why not only did I fulfill my mission, but I'm supporting Mike's mission in the process. Cause I love and care for him. And people have to realize that man, like that's, that's, that's a very uncommon characteristic of an individual. <laughs> I want everyone to know that. Think about how many people would actually have done that for another individual. So again, I, I keep going back to the same point. Who is in your life? And if you don't have someone like that who, who would go to battle with you and support you, you need to find good people. And I, they're out there. And I'm telling you, whether it's through Strava, whether it's through social media, whether it's through branching out in your community to find someone or other people, you have to do it because you cannot go through life feeling helpless and unsupported. So kudos to you again, Gavin, uh, for just being a warrior that whole night. And then and the cool thing for me, and I'll end here um, from my perspective again, is I wake up in the morning. I, I think I was the first one up of the group besides you and Mike. And I, I was like, I saw you out there. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this was my initial <laughs> thought. Like he's, I knew what you were doing. Cause I knew him like he's up because he's supporting Mike. So then I got breakfast and I came back. And then, um, after I asked you about Mike going through the night and then I said to like, Hey, like, what does Mike want to do? And so he still wants to keep running. So I go, well, I got like three laps to go. And I, Dan, Daniel had four, because I ran through the night one more lap than he did. But the point was this, like we were all still pushing through the next day where now it turned where Mike was going to go as far as he could go. And then Daniel right. and I were going to finish th this darn thing, which we began Friday night. And you were there, right. me, me, you and Mike on that first lap. It was awesome because we have that beautiful picture of yeah. us three on that one bend. Uh, with the sunrise coming up and that, that memory, that picture will well, always be in my mind forever. One, one thing I also want to highlight, and it's a parallel to something that we have talked about. And cause you had mentioned with, cause you had run before us, right. With Danny and, and Colin, and you had expressed that 
kind of slowing down your pace was a challenge hmm. for you. And yeah. like it, it, it makes me think about like, we each had to sacrifice our own, like, yeah, for me, I was like, uh, w- would have been nice to just blare the heat and like go sleep in my car. Like, yeah, it would be cool. Or like, you know, it would be nice, but like, I, I like, it just, we, I think we each individually had, like, it was just, we had sacrifices that for our own, our own, you know, our own self for the betterment of the group, because we knew the power of each, like, it would, it would, like, we're all just truly in it together. Like, that was like the type of feeling that it, it had of like, we all were here to support each other. And that's really what got me through a lot of the tough moments of like when I'm feeling down or when I was feeling and they're like, all of these are all life lessons as well. That's why it's, it's such a big, you know, it's a big, uh, everything, all the lessons in running can translate to life, but yeah, it was, it was something that I remember you saying that resonated because it's, you know, we all had one mission and we all wanted to finish even if it w- meant, you know, slowing down for you or, or like, you know, a warm car for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think it's a great point, Gavin. I think again, another lesson that resonates with life is that to help the crew accomplish the mission, it is not always about you and your ego and your pride and what you want but it's about taking a step back and saying, what can I sacrifice to support my, my friend or my friends in this case? Yeah. So yeah, tell absolutely. me, so tell me how the day ended. I really want to get to your family um, and how important yeah. that is because it goes to who you are and how, how you got to this point in your life. So finish, finish the race for me. I'm excited to hear it. Your recap. Yeah. Yeah. So the recap really, uh, I mean, one thing that it can actually connect in with my family was my, my sister-in-law and my brother and their newborn actually came to, to crew me and I didn't realize, but they had, they had a big sign and it was very cool because in that same weekend, they actually asked me to be the godfather to, uh, Addie is her name. Dude. So happy for you. That's awesome. A little, a little Gerber baby. She's just very smiley <laughs> just all the time. But so that was something that really lifted me up because I was at about mile 40 uh, and I was hurting because um, we just passed the point where we had torrential rain. We it then got very sunny. So then there was a lot of mud and <laughs> it's crazy what mud will do to your mm. cadence and you're mm-hmm. just, it sticks to your, your shoes and then you you feel it in your calves. And I, you know, so we had just been going through, through the run for a while. And at that point I was just at a low point and I was surprised cause I didn't see them come back cause they had left and they had a big sign that said, you know, you got this, got, uh, they called me Gavfather, which was <laughs> a, a pretty cool nickname that I just recently acquired. So we're going to run with it. Um, I'll I add that it. to the, to the list. The Gav, yeah. The Gav- Hey, the Godfather. Hey, that a baby. The Godfather. The Godfather. <laughs> yeah. So, so as we get to the end of the race, I'm, uh, you know, I, I crew Mike through the night, and then, as as John alluded to a little bit, the next morning we each all had, you know, maybe anywhere from like five to ten miles before John and Danny hit 
a hundred miles. Um, and at that point I just wanted like everything on top of this was just, you know, gravy. Like it was just, everything was bonus. So I was like, you know what? Yes, I feel broken, but like this moment, cause this is like another moment that I can like kind of play forward and just say like, how cool would it be for me to get up and like, stop feeling sorry for myself and like experience this moment. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful out. Like it, and it's like, you know, 60 degrees. Actually it was a little cooler, but it was like, it was beautiful. The sun was shining. So, um, I ran, you know, two more, two more loops, which is about six miles. Um, and so then, you know, at the last loop, we all like, it was a, it was a powerful moment to see John and Danny finish together because they were going for a hundred miles. But for me, you know, it was just, uh, it, you know, so many lessons for me throughout the whole weekend, but really it was just, you know, supporting people. It makes life more fun, so much more fun. And yeah, that was something that like, if I didn't go through that experience with Mike, uh, you know, we would not have that, you know, not only like the story to tell, but like me and Mike have that, that bond, um, and the lessons through that. And everyone on the trail was just so supportive. You know, I saw a 75 year old named Bob that he, like, it was just like, you saw people all walks of life, but everyone had one theme. Like there was one theme and they were all just so supportive, so warm and engaging. Um, so that was really the biggest lesson for me that I continue to just try to implement in focusing on like, you know, who are, who are the people that lift me up and, and, you know, who can I lift up in, you know, and it's, you know, that comes back to the theme of the tribe. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's, let's, let's go on that point now. Let's go down that path of your tribe. So like you tell us about your history with your family. Like I, I know people are just aren't born this way to have higher <laughs> character. So talk <laughs> about how, how kind of like how you were raised and what kind of family setting and value system you guys had growing up? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm the youngest of four, 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 uh, kids, you know, my, my parents really are just, they're a blueprint of what I wanted to emulate when it came to marriage, you know, cause they really, you know, were very, very loving and supporting, you know, they wanted the best for us. Um, you know, growing up, it was tough. Like, I, I think I kind of was thrown into adversity right from the start with, with, I grew up with dyslexia and mm. school is, was just a bear. Like it was just, I hated it. I, I did not want to go. I, you know, thankfully I was, a, I was a pretty, pretty good athlete. So like I, all of my anger and frustration for the academics, like I kind of took it out on, on, you know, the field or the, or the basketball court. Um, and, but it really shook my confidence, shook my kind of like self-esteem and, and all that. Cause it, you know, so from an early age, I, I kind of always, um, I tried to look at thing, you know, try to look at like competitive advantages, you know, of like, all right, what can make this, you know, like, how can I learn, how can I look at this at a different angle and how can I apply it to, you know, something that I'm not looking at and really look at it from like an, an all encompassing 
perspective. Um, and so, you know, growing up, I have one other older brother and then two older sisters. Um, and I did a lot of listening as a kid. I was, I was a pretty quiet kid. I didn't like, I think it was just something that I didn't have to talk because my sisters, you know, they, they controlled the dinner table with their, uh, their conversations. But I just, at an early age, I, I really was it like, I just kind of learned to read people, but also just sit, you know, and, and, um, listen, but also grow an appreciation, you know, so my family, my mom is one of 12. So big Irish Catholic family. Um, just like my, Hey, listen, real quick. I'm sorry, (laughs) but like, it's just so many similar parallels because my grandfather, I, I believe he was one of 12 as well. Yeah. And to grow up in an Irish with Irish Catholic family, that's how, that's how he was raised. And yeah. the second, the second part that's very resonates with me being a special ed teacher, uh, but also my best friend who I'm writing a book with right now, uh, he's, he was dyslexic growing up and to, mm-hmm. to learn his stories of how he felt like a little dummy because school was so yeah. difficult and to just resonates to he has such a high resilience to hit work. I mean, he's so resilient. He is such a mm-hmm. hard worker. And I think yeah. when you're young, okay, I think when mm-hmm. you're young, you feel like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just speaking on behalf of Ryan, my brother, you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I call him my brother <laughs> literally, but I think what resonates uh, with having those challenges in school for all, your whole life is that you feel, inf- you feel just, like an outlier. I'm going to use that word because you feel yeah. on the outside of, of things of how regular ed students work. And I love right. what you said. You knew your strength was in athletics. So you took your frustration and also your confidence outside the classroom to an arena where you felt confident. So for everyone, right. everyone listening, like you may have a weakness and I don't use it as a weakness. You just have, may have a setback that you may see as a weakness, but mm-hmm. I would say this to you and to everybody, use that, maybe that weakness to your advantage to actually learn how to do things differently that'll make you more prosperous and have an appreciation, like you said, an all encompassing uh, maybe world view of where you were at and how you could actually play the cards that you were dealt with in a different way to still maximize your success. Would you, would you agree with that in that context? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also a powerful reminder that, you know, it's the reframe, right? For me as a kid, yeah, I I felt like I was a dummy, but now as I look back, you know, I, I just learned differently, right? Like even that subtle reframe, cause it's accurate. Like I learned differently and um, you know, that you can, you can take that type of example and, and, you know, apply it to so many different other perceived negatives and reframe them to be able to actually, you know, use it to something that like, will actually benefit you. Right. Cause once you go down the line of like, Oh man, like, let's say I'm a, you know, I'm a dummy that doesn't help me. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't benefit, you know, it, it's only a negative, right. But once you reframe it of like, all right, no, I actually just learned differently. That's, and then, you know, 
it's uh so but that was something that i learned over over the years that i um you know kind of grew into but yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you you know because it's you know one of my favorite quotes is everything in life is happening for you right so and you know in order for you to build resilience you have to go through challenging times you know you're not if you look at a person that you know the most resilient person ever you the chances are they didn't just live a life that was easy right like they had to go through the trying times um and so for me early on it was really um you know taking kind of pain but also being able to like reframe it into a way that served me um but also like helped me grow empathy for others from a young age and really take in and like feel like kind of not take their own motions but like just you know be obs be observant you know which was powerful yeah. that helps me through, yeah. through through up until this point yeah and i think i just i think being working with students who have who've had dyslexia or still do or any disability for that matter yeah is that i always tell my students this what are you going to do what that you can't control. You can't control. That's how you learn. Like how your brain processes. I understand that, right. but God gave you gifts to that. You have strengths. So what gifts are those that you're going to channel for good? And once you find mm -hmm. that, that's where, that's where the magic happens is where you start thinking with a, you know, I'll just use the, the phrase instead of a fixed mindset that you're a dummy or you don't learn well, instead of with that growth mindset, like, you know what, I know I don't learn well, but I can do this well, and I could do this well. So look at it at a heart of gratitude. And because of how you have that perspective change, that mm -hmm. because of that, like you said before, your resilience will grow. And you'll think of things of, of ways of doing things differently. And when you do that, you grow as a person. And it's mm -hmm. such a beautiful way, but people have to go through a difficult time mentally, seriously, just like ultra running. You have to go through that difficult time so that you can know how to be great on the other side of the valley. So people just have to understand that it, it, life's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's more about the growth and the misery and the muck and the mud. And that's where you mm -hmm. learn how to grow. So tell me, Absolutely. tell me, yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's, I didn't know that about you. And I think it's awesome that you, that you had those struggles. Well, and it also sell, it, it set me up for, for, you know, at that point I didn't know what was coming, you know, down the road, but it helped me just glean in that, glean on that experience went through, you know, and I can kind of get into it. Another pivotal moment for my family was my dad had an aortic aneurysm and a stroke when I was 18. Um, so it was about 15 years, 14 years ago. And, oh well, yeah. And so, you know, he had an 8% chance to live. Um, he ends up surviving it. Um, and, but through that, I was kind of like, I was put in a role that I took on a lot of responsibility and, you know, drove him to his appointments was I, I was at this point, I was at community college. So I was home with him. And I just, you know, was kind of his caretaker 
for about two or three years. Um, and so here, you know, another moment of like, you know, seeing this person that you love go through this, you know, just a very extensive traumatic experience, you know, he, he had to retire, you know, basically his whole left side of his, his body was frozen just through the stroke. And he went through an eight hour procedure, um, for context, if anyone remembers the actor, John Ritter, who was in a, a sitcom show, he ended up passing away of the same aortic aneurysm. And what's crazy is the technology had the technology not been in place, even two years prior, he would have been, you know, gone. So it was just very, uh, it was a very powerful uh, experience looking back on it. Um, and it really was, uh, it kind of set me, set me up another here, here it is. It's, you know, you could perceive it as something that was just very traumatic that the family went through, but for him to survive it and, you know, really be a daily example and reminder of like what true accept acceptance is and as, as well as resilience, you know, that that's kind of the, the context and the scope for which I look at resilience, right? So it's something that I was just kind of conditioned to see. And, you know, he was a, he's just such a powerful man of faith that helped him get through that. And, you know, he still is um, to this day, just, you know, has more faith than anyone I know. And um, it wasn't always that way though. Like, you know, he, it's, but he just got stronger and stronger with his, his, his faith and his, his um, relationship with Jesus. And um, so that was just another example of you, you look at it of everything in, in, in life happens for you, you know, cause had had I not gone through that experience as a kid of going through these kind of trials and tribulations and resilient and like, you know, opportunities to build that resilience factor, I, I think it then would have been a little bit more difficult had this, you know, everything gone with my, my dad. And then, you know, from there, I think that then kind of catapulted and helped me kind of build this muscle to help me then deal or at least like you know, be able to be there for my wife who went through, you know, who is on her 11th year of cancer. But thankfully, this is the final year of her before she, you know, is before the cancer is, uh, is out. So, um, but yeah, you know, you can look back in life and you can really look at the steps, stepping stones um, that really helped you build on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, more than I hear about your story, you, you, do you believe that God put all these things in your life for a reason? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In the moment, you know, it's like, you know, you just, you, it's hard to, it's hard to accept that and believe that. Right. It's hard to, by human nature, like the human side of you, you just, you, you, you know, you just kind of, um, but like the more those big moments happen, like you can really look outside of it and you can, you know, it's all connected. And I think our faith as a family has gotten us through so many tough moments. And so really our strength 
you know, is, 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 is our faith and Jesus. Yeah. I, I think I want you to, I want you to talk a little bit more about that because for someone who's, let's say not of faith or who has gone Mm -hmm. through tough times. And I was honestly on the way home from my boys' baseball games. I, I asked my wife this question. I said, what percent of Americans do you think are unhappy? And she said like 30, maybe 40%. And I thought to myself, but why? Why do you think that is? And I believe, this is my personal belief, and this is where I think you and I align for sure, is that when you put your faith in man or woman or government or your job or even your health, for that matter, and that's Mm -hmm. where your faith lies, you're not going to feel fulfilled, okay, or have joy. But if you've put your faith in the Lord and you trust that you just give it to him, you know, it's Peter 5, 7. It's like cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So when you have a higher power who truly cares for you, even though you think that this is being done to you, like you're saying, your wife with cancer, you know, your dad with a stroke, you having dyslexia, all these things that you you should be mad at everybody. Like, why did God do this to me? Right? Uh, why did you why did you have to put all these struggles in my life? But as a believer and you have faith and you're and you see your dad 15, 14 years ago had the stroke and he has faith, a stronger faith in Christ. You just look to him as like a beacon of hope and say, wow, dad, I can't believe that you aren't cursing God, but instead you're pushing more in, into Christ. And I think it's very powerful for everyone to understand that, that you, we're made of just flesh and dust, literally. Okay. And we're going to die one day, but the more we actually put our faith in, in, in Christ and in God, um, and we just give it up to him and say, I trust you, even through these circumstances and these setbacks, then you you could actually have peace and you could have joy in your life. So talk, talk a little bit about maybe um, that particular topic of faith. I know you, you spoke briefly about it, but like what you've experienced through all these trials and tribulations in, in your life. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. So... I, one thing that sticks out is through these tough moments that I've just, you know, and each person has their, their own journey of, uh, you know, their, their own versions of struggles throughout their own life. Um, I know for me personally, one thing that really highlighted my relationship with God, and it's really a testament that it's a true relationship is that my mom's grandfather was actually a deacon, or excuse me, my mom's dad was a deacon, and he actually told her that if if you're if you're angry at God, you can tell him that he can handle it, right? So it it's it sounds like it's 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 like oh like it just gives you so much, it just takes it like take away your own anger and give it to him. Right. And even if, and, and Lexi has been a daily reminder of that for me, because what's gone, gotten through her, you know, a lot of the tough moments through her cancer journey of 11 years is her faith. And 
it's that's what I think of when I think of a relationship. It's not always good, right? It's not always peaches and, and rainbows. You know, it's really it's it's the both experience of okay, God, I'm angry with you. How are you like why are you do, going this or why are you, you know, putting me through this? As long as you're talking to him, you know, I, like I'm a believer that he he like he wants you to to take things to him, right? And but it was such a cool and like powerful reminder of like because a lot of people when something happens like and negatively in life that when you watch the news this or that it's like people can just cast out and like blame god and then they shy away from him right and like when i so when i heard this quote or this of you know this antidote that my grandfather told my mom that it was just a powerful reminder of like like as long as i'm talking to him and even if i'm angry with him like that's like he's you know, his shoulders are big enough. Like he can take, take on the burden and he's already taken the burden on. And so from a young age, my faith was something that helps, helps me stay grounded, uh, helps me feel, you know, feel centered. Um, it was something that it's, it is still to this day and it continues to be something that I lean on. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's just a powerful, I I just don't understand how people go through life without having a relationship with God because it just feels like it would be so much more overwhelming and just like hard, you know. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you why people probably shy away from God and it's because um of pride. Another reason yeah. is they have not been shown the grace of God by other people. And right. because of that, they see Christians as like a narcissistic individual or people. Mm-hmm. And that's very true. That happens in in every entity of life, not just religion. But I, I just wish everyone who's listening is just like spend spend a day in nature, spend an hour in nature, spend any time in nature and just look at what he's created and just ask this question, God, why am I so unhappy? God, can you meet me where I'm at? Or God, can can I just be mad at you? Like you said, and the start of that conversation with him will open doors that you've never imagined before. And I'll, I'll, I'll end here for you, Gavin, in this point for me personally in my life is that like you're going to suffer. People around you are going to suffer and that's okay. And the more I've learned and I keep learning about Christ, he suffered ultimately the, the, you know, a criminal's death being innocent in such a horrific way, but he chose that and he chose that path. Because he wanted all of us to be saved. You guys got you got to understand how how deep that love story is. It's the greatest love story ever told, and it's real. It's not a it's not it's not a lie. It's not fantasy. It's the truth that God loves you so much that He gave His only Son to be brutally murdered for you to spend eternity with Him. So when you're suffering, resignate that God, the Trinity of God and who he is, his son, 
died for you so that you can be with him for eternity. And I think too many times, Gavin, people think only of the flesh and of this life that we have is it's so gleaming, like so quick. It's a vapor. The, mm -hmm. the great quote that I heard is that we're only camping here, but where we reside the rest of our eternity is based on our relationship with God. And hell is only you choosing to be separated from God. So I love the point you said, even if you're angry, throw it on to God by communicating to him, because that will at least say that you're having a conversation with him than being an isolated and isolation always is where the devil lies. I know it's a little it, long winded, but I think it's very important for everyone no. to understand that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. I couldn't agree amen. more. Well, here, amen. let's, Hey man, man, I feel like, uh, dude, I, every time I talk about God, and I, 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 there's like I, I, the, the spirit within me just like, just gleams with joy and knowing your story of all these setbacks and just things that have happened in your life. And it just, it goes to show again, a Christ-like character that you can tell that's within you. And it's something that you chose through all the things that you have gone through through life. So as we end our conversation, I wish we could talk forever. Um, but what's, what's the one thing um, that you would like to offer to people um, from maybe, again, your story of life? And then what's something you're looking forward to uh, in your life as well? Um, yeah, I mean, from, uh, the question or the, I guess the point of something that I, I could offer, um, is just, if someone's going through a tough time, you know, just, I'm always like, I always, I, I really don't like seeing people suffer, you know, I, I, although I do know that everyone goes through their own struggles. Um, I, I really genuinely care for people and I don't like to see them suffer um yeah. i don't know whether that's through my own uh, you know upbringing of of kind of how bad it felt you know going through school and just um you know or whether my dad you know just seeing him and what is life you know um I, I just i'm i'm always here if someone's going through a tough time to talk to and um at this point really i think if my tools are in and what i've been, what i've learned from different experiences can help anyone, then, you know, certainly feel free to reach out on Instagram or give me a call. Um, and, you know, I, I always want to help people. Um, that's really, and serve people. Um, and, you know, if I can help them and they can leave our conversation with a smile, that's really, I feel like I, I did a good job and, and, um, that brings me joy. So, and then looking forward, I, I'm actually, Lexi and I are, uh, through a long story, you know, this might be part two of our podcast, but yeah. we're, uh, finally moving in together in our new house here in about two weeks. So That's awesome, man. it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long journey, but yeah, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We, uh, you know, got everything painted and, and all the furniture moved in. So in about two weeks, we'll be moving in together and, you know, the next cha chapter of our life will be, uh, will be, uh, happening. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, 
man, you're just a good person. And you have to be. We're, we're family, so we have we, we you have to be. <laughs> the apple you know, doesn't yeah. fall far from the tree. No, man, especially that from Ireland. that Irish tree. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, you know the, Guinness the, next the, to it. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd love it. You know, the one thing I, I would say is this: is I just pray um, for you and Lexi, and I, I know whatever God has in store for you, and I, I can't tell you what that's going to look like. Um, but I do pray that you two have a special bond. I know God willing, uh, a family, um, but you have, you have a calling. I've just been able to listen to you and your story at a deeper level. Um, I think you do have a calling for, for serving. And I don't know what, what pathway that looks like yet. Um, but man, I tell you what, when you said that, it's that recently, like five minutes ago or less, like your mission is very clear. You serve with joy. And I was a witness to that when you were at Mike Bellini uh, during that race. And there's no better way to imitate Christ than to do just that is to serve with joy. And man, I tell you what, if more people just had a glimpse of that characteristic in their personality, this world would be such a better place. So, so Gavin, man, like, dude, you're a rock star in my book. You don't need a billion followers. You have a, a, a soul. You have a soul of a saint. Um, and I'm so blessed to have met you in the flesh and to have went to battle with you. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful for you. I'll put all the information for your contact in the bio. And I really hope that people go back and listen to some of these segments twice, because there's some, there's some deep lessons about, especially those who are struggling right now is that reach out to Gavin, reach out to myself, reach out to somebody and especially God, just reach out to him to let him know that you're frustrated. <laughs> I love that. I never heard that before, yeah. Gavin. I, yeah. I never, I, I never thought about even if you're in pain to really uh, give it to God and, right. and, and, and spark that conversation and let the door open with the Holy spirit being present to uh, allow it him to work on your heart. And at the end of the day, we all, what do we all want to be is we want to be joyful and you're joyful when you are in the presence of the Lord and people who like Gavin, um, who just have that selfless imitation of Christ personality. So any last remarks? No, this was great. This was great. I was, um, you know, There'll be a part two, but yeah, this was awesome, yeah. awesome conversation. It's been a, amazing getting to know you more, and I'm sure our paths will cross again on the uh, the ultra race, or you know, hopefully at a family reunion. Yeah, that's right. We're going to Ireland together, brother. <laughs> well, hey, hey, it's been a pleasure um, to be with you t today. Uh, I'm just so thankful for you being a part of my life. Um, and just all the great things that you will do by, by serving your family and the Lord. So everyone, this class is dismissed and we'll see you next time.